Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Have you ever been in perhaps an evangelistic conversation where somebody asks you a question and it's clear from even how they ask it, they think this is a true stumper. They think there is no way that you're ever going to have an answer to this question. They think they have found the one question that will forever and finally undermine the basis of Christianity. But As they ask their question, it becomes obvious they don't even understand what the Bible teaches, and it's clear that their biggest problem isn't even their failure to understand it, it's their failure to believe it. Um, Well, that's kind of what we see Jesus experience today as he encounters a question from the Sadducees. And we're looking today at Matthew 22, 23 through 33, Mark 12, 18 through 27, and Luke 20, 27 through 40. And as we look at these three passages, again, uh, they're all kind of telling the same story. If you read the three, you see the the minor differences, Uh, again, not contradictions, but as each one tells the story, they include, you know, various details that all create this complete picture. Uh, We'll look mostly at the account in Mark today. But they ask a question, maybe you're familiar with uh, the old musical Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Uh, I like to call this uh, question they ask, Seven Brothers for a Bride, where they tell this fictitious and actually hypothetical story. They have they have engineered this story. Uh, ever experienced that in evangelism? They come up with some weird hypothetical that's not even real to undermine Christianity? Well, that's kind of what they do. Um, And as they do that, they ask this question about this uh, wife who marries uh, a man and then he dies. And so he, she marries his brother, and there's seven brothers. And that goes back to some Old Testament law and tradition that when a wife died or when a husband died, it was kind of the responsibility of the brother to take in that wife um, so that she would be protected, so that she would be cared for. Uh, Leverite marriages is what it was referred to. And so it goes through this hypothetical. But again, We know why they're asking. Even Mark tells us in verse 18, the Sadducees came to him who say that there is no resurrection. So they don't believe in the resurrection and they ask this wacky hypothetical question to uh, disprove the resurrection. And that's a good point for all of us. If you have to make a wacky hypothetical argument to disprove something, maybe you're not on a very strong argumentative footing for the point that you are trying to make. And so they ask this question, you know, there's been seven brothers and they've all been married to this same woman. So Jesus in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as wife. You can almost see them snickering, you know, <laughs> and there's no way he's going to answer this one. And look how Jesus comes out of the gate in his response. Verse 24, Jesus said to them, is this not the reason you are wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. 
boom, Jesus goes straight for it. He doesn't start by answering their ridiculous question. He starts by pointing out that they don't know the Bible and they don't know the power of God. And that's why they're asking such a ridiculous question. That's why they don't believe in the resurrection. But then he comes back and does answer their question. Uh, they There is no marriage in heaven, so she won't belong to any of those brothers in heaven. But then he comes back to the bigger picture and points out why they are wrong about the resurrection. And another thing about the Sadducees, not only did they not believe in the resurrection, which this is like the oldest preacher joke in the book, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were so sad, you see. Uh, I know, um, uh, oldest preacher joke in the book, but it helps you remember it, perhaps, Uh, The other thing to know about the Sadducees, besides they didn't believe in the resurrection, they also only believed in the first five books of the Bible. And so Jesus, even he goes straight back to those books, to the first book of those books. And he says, have you not read in the book of Moses in the passage about the bush, I guess technically here he's going to Exodus, but referring to the characters of Genesis, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong, or some translations put it, you are badly mistaken. So he goes back to Genesis and Exodus and to these figures, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then God speaking to Moses through the burning bush to say, no, God is the God of the living. And really the idea there is God doesn't tell Moses, I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, I am the God, which says something about God and his eternality, but also says something about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he is still their God. Uh, That implies, well, they are still uh, servants of this God. They are still connected to this God. There must be life beyond death. So because God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So he goes right to the scriptures to disprove them. Now, that, that may be interesting to see the historical nature of the Sadducees and why they ask this question and how Jesus answers it. But let's, let's bring this home to ourselves just with a, a couple things, right? One, one thing is that a lot of people get hung up on this passage, uh, particularly what it says about marriage. Some people are like, there's no marriage in heaven. That's kind of weird. Or, you know, you get these uh, married couples thinking, but I really love my spouse. Are you telling me we won't be married in heaven? And we get hung up on that. And that's where we're almost um, going down the path of the Sadducees, where we're missing the point of what Jesus is saying. We're getting hung up on a detail that we shouldn't be focused on. Uh, Jesus is teaching us a powerful lesson about the scriptures, about the power of God, and about the reality of the resurrection. And that's where our focus should be. So don't get hung up on, so what does this mean about marriage in heaven? And will I not be married in heaven? Uh, We're we're missing the point. And again, heaven is going to be better than we could even imagine. So guess what? If there's things like marriage that you're like, or that's not going to be there, 
don't worry about it. You're not going to be missing out. You're not going to be missing anything in heaven. But what we should take away from this is the power of God, the truth of the scriptures, and the reality of the resurrection. And that's what I want you to think about today. Are you going to worship God today because of what you've seen in this passage? Are you going to worship God that he is the great I am, that he is not the God of the dead, but of the living? And are you going to rejoice in him that through faith in Christ, you can have hope in a future resurrection? These are things that should be on our minds and on our hearts and filling us with worship in response to this passage. And also, is this going to affect the way that you live today, that you uh, go from this passage to say, I'm living today and I'm trusting today in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And think we've already read of all God's faithfulness to those men. We've learned so much about them uh, in our reading, even this year. And how encouraging is it for you to remind yourself, I'm trusting in the same God. I'm living for the same God. Even if you have more time, go look at Hebrews chapter 11 and look at all those examples of faith and remind yourself, hey, these men and women that are listed here, I am trusting the same God that they trusted in. And I should be motivated from this passage to live like that today. So there, we talk sometimes about, as you're trying to get things out of the Bible, the the words learn, worship, and apply. Uh, Those are some goals we should have as we go through the Bible. Well, hopefully there's a lot in this story for us. We learn about the Sadducees. We learn about the resurrection and, and that God is the God of the living, but that should inspire worship in us and it should help us live differently as a result. So hopefully we're encouraged by all of those things today. Uh, Next, let's go back to our Old Testament reading, and we finally make it to the end of the book of Judges. And what a wild ending it is. And and how you see, I mean, the very last verse in the book of Judges, Judges 21, 25, and today we're looking at Judges 20 and 21, is in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. I think that's one of the powerful lessons of the book of Judges is you see the chaos of these chapters. A whole tribe is almost wiped out uh, because of the great sin, the the Sodom and Gomorrah-like sin of the people of Gibeah, and then the, the, the rest of the tribe of Benjamin's failure to deal with that city and those sinful men that they defended them. Uh, we see just this chaotic situation and then getting wives for the, the tribe of Benjamin. It's interesting to note some future Benjaminites, the first king, Saul, and then Saul, who became the apostle Paul, uh, both notably of the tribe of Benjamin. But again, one of the big lessons of the book of Judges is that there was no king and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And what we see is that does not work. We need a king. And now we're going to get into first and second Samuel where we're going to start to see some kings. But guess what? That doesn't necessarily work out either. And ultimately, this is going to be pointing us forward to the true king, the true son of David that will reign forever. It's pointing us to our need for a savior king, a servant king, the Messiah, who we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. So you might mourn, you might be almost disgusted, you should be in parts disgusted by the end of the book of Judges, but let that remind you, I am a sinner, and this is what my sin would lead to. I need a king 
but we know who that king is. And through faith in him, we can find salvation and rescue and change. And so let the book of Judges point us forward to the Messiah to trust in Jesus and to live for him by faith today, knowing that he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And we can trust him. We can live differently uh, by faith in him today because of who he is and the kind of God that the scripture clearly reveals him to be. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.